From New York City, I'm Quattro Villarreal. This is The Climate Scoop. Over the past year, the youth movement against climate change has grown larger than ever. However, global emissions are at an all-time high. Today, I will speak to Alexandria Villasenor, one of the world's leading voices in the fight against climate change, about what it will take to change activism into action. It's Sunday, May 22nd. According to the International Energy Agency, global energy-related carbon dioxide emissions are on course for the second largest surge in history and increase by 1.5 billion tons in 2021. Slowly, the youth galvanized the mission of stopping climate change before facing its permanent impacts is becoming less of a reality. Yet still, young voices, not just Greta Thunberg, emerge every day voicing their concern for the future. Among them is Alexandria Villasenor. Alexandria is the founder of the nonprofit organization Earth Uprising International and a former speaker at the Democratic National Convention. At just 16, she has helped organize numerous international climate strikes, including the strikes the week of September 20th, 2019, where over 12 million young people across 150 countries protested for climate action. It was at this event in New York City I saw her speak. I think one of the coolest parts about organizing that strike was that there was just a whole bunch of people that I got connected with and I got to work with because upcoming to it, we did hold open meetings where any student who wanted to be involved in the organizing could come. And so it was a great way that I got to be connected with other uh, people who were interested in climate change and really cared about it. And so there was just this amazing sense of community. I think it was also really incredible because we did have Greta Thunberg there herself. Right now, we are the ones who are making a difference. If no one else will take action, then we will. And Greta, of course, was the person who started the movement and inspired basically all of us to get involved. And so having her there in the city, I think was a really incredible moment because it was not only showing a bunch of students who were inspired by her, uh, kind of getting recognition for all the work, having the founder there basically, but she was also there when the uh, United Nations Climate Action Summit was happening that same week. And so just seeing everything that happened was really important because that gave our movement a starting point. Uh, from there, we could only get bigger, but we could also change the way that we organize to include different areas of climate change and be more inclusive. So as you said, this event happened days before the UN Climate Action Summit. Yet the results of the summit were not enough to limit the rise of global temperature as needed, 1.5 degrees. So you said this past September in an Instagram comment that we haven't seen the climate action from our leaders since then. What more from our end do you think can be done? I think that there's still a lot that can be done. And actually, one thing that's really exciting that I'm working on is I'm a part of the this legal action with the United Nations. And so myself, Greta Thunberg, and 14 other children that same week uh, in 2019 in September, filed a complaint to the Committee on the Rights of the Child, stating that our rights were being violated by Argentina, Brazil, Germany, Turkey, and France. And so 
The reason why it's towards those five countries is because they ratified the uh, Convention on the Rights of the Child, but they also ratified the third protocol saying that if they don't uphold their standards, they can be held accountable for it. And so we are holding them accountable. And actually, the committee has filed our complaint as admissible, saying that they recognize that our rights are being violated. And so that's an incredible step forward, especially because this is the first time children have come to the United Nations in this way. And so it's, it's an incredible step. But since then, I've seen so many more legal actions uh, be launched. Very true. Similar to this UN Climate Summit, there were many subsequent legal climate actions, most notably in Portugal, Australia, and Canada, holding both governments and corporations accountable. After I started learning a little bit more about the climate crisis, I started asking myself what individual changes I could make. And every day, individuals make changes from turning off the lights to what we eat. Although these do have effects on climate, they account for just a fraction of a percent of global emissions. How do you feel about the message of leading a lower carbon lifestyle or individual actions? Individual actions are very important to a certain extent because I think you can reduce your carbon footprint and also you can raise awareness through doing it. And so I think that's important, but then also we need to take the individual action of coming together as a collective of people to push for change because when 71% of global greenhouse gas emissions come from 100 companies all around the world, we can't necessarily get them to change by just uh, lowering our carbon footprint. The idea behind individual actions originally did come from the fossil fuel industry. All the attention has been redirected at the consumer as a way to take the blame off of these corporations, which really isn't, um, isn't the way to keep and protect our environment. And so I think that it's important to keep a lens on both. Yeah, thank you. That is definitely highlighting the huge duality between, you know, individual actions, which are so important, but also coming together to push for change on a broader setting, um, especially with a lot of these corporations. Um, as a speaker at the DNC and an advocate for a series of governmental changes, you've made it pretty clear that policy change is a big part of resolving the climate crisis. Is this the key to a brighter future? I think that we do need to really focus on our politics. I think that it plays an important part in uh, combating the climate crisis. These past couple of years with our last administration, we really ended up uh, going a step backwards in the climate change fight because that administration um, not only uh, created public doubt about climate change. President Trump believes climate change is a hoax. We know this because he has said it over and over again. So Obama's talking about all of this with the global warming and that and a lot of it's a hoax. It's a hoax. I mean, it's a money-making industry, okay? It's a hoax. Um, but also ended up rolling back on several environmental protections. What happens is the United States is actually a leader to other countries. Um, there's an activist that I work with in Colombia who said that her country actually follows the United States which if we're not doing anything on climate change is pretty scary to think that other countries are looking towards us. I think that that's the reason why um, policy is so important is because of the foreign aspect of it.
your presence on social media as well as your nonprofit Earth Uprisings presence on social media has done so much to educate. And I know one of the missions is to educate about the climate crisis. Why is this your mission? And how does climate education translate into action? Yeah, so after I got involved in organizing the climate strikes, I quickly noticed that we didn't have nearly enough people involved in the movement. And so uh, one of the ways that I found kind of combated that was education. Once people knew what's happening, they wanted to get involved. Young people talking with each other about climate change, I've noticed, is so much more impactful in getting them involved than like a teacher talking to their students about the climate crisis. And so uh, with education, once young people are brought into this movement, they also are educated and they have the knowledge to, you know, figure out what they want to work on. Amazing. My last question is, if you could send out a message to all teenagers or young adults right now, what would it be? My message would be to get involved with climate activism. And so the number one thing that I tell anyone listening or any people out there is to find your climate story. So how are you being impacted by the climate crisis? Because we are seeing the impacts of the climate crisis all around the world right now, and everyone's experiencing it differently. I got involved in climate activism after seeing the effects of wildfires throughout my hometown. In November of 2018, I was in my hometown when one of the worst wildfires in history at the time happened, the campfire in Paradise, California. And so that wildfire just blanketed the entire area with thick, unbreathable smoke. And um, it was really upsetting to see what was happening. We're really seeing the effects of the climate crisis in those certain ways. And when I see those fires, it makes me want to keep doing the work that I'm doing. And so really just finding how you're also being impacted by the climate crisis is really important. Well, Alexandria's message is incredibly compelling. It raises the question of how we get individuals, specifically those in power, to empathize with the struggle against climate change. In a world with so much inequality, oftentimes those that have the ability to create legislative or social impact are isolated from the true effects of these crises. Looking into the future, Alexandria is hopeful. I think that our movement is becoming much more intersectional, but also intergenerational. And so um, we are working even more with other movements than we ever really had before, and that's really important that we do that. Indeed, perhaps an integral part of mobilizing governmental and social change is integrating the climate movement with movements pushing for racial equality. Because as much as this is a climate crisis, it is a problem of socioeconomic inequality and racism. That's it for the Climate Scoop. I'm Quattro Villarreal. Tune in next time.